Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we are back. This is kind of a special edition for me. Another edition of For the Love of the Game. This is the one and only Nick Andre. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Appreciate all the support that y'all been giving me in the early stages of this pod. You know, obviously I got some things to work on, but at the end of the day, you know, it's all part of the process. So definitely appreciative of everybody. Today, this is a special one, man. I got my my dogs with me, man. They represent the South. <laughs> man, like they probably one of the best, one of the best content creators out here. You know, if you if you're a fan of Who's Man, y'all definitely gotta be tapping to these guys, man. Represent ATI. I got my guys, man. I got John, I got Fresh, bro, from the Hoopers, bro. What's going on with y'all, man? What's going on, Nick, man? Glad to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I guess we can just go ahead and dive into it, man. Um, so y'all did y'all's so y'all y'all gave y'all own top 30 players in the NBA list. I think I had it pulled up somewhere. Let me grab it real quick. And just to kind of name a few guys, obviously y'all got the Joker at number one. Y'all got guys like Steph, KD, Giannis top five. Y'all got LeBron at number eight. Hmm. Uh just kind of just kind of uh, glancing through it. Y'all got John in the top 20. Y'all got Trey Young in the top 20. Y'all got Zion out of the top 20. And then to kind of cap it off, y'all got guys like Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle to just kind of and and the top thirty list. So, like, what was y'all process going through this list? You know, what I'm saying, like, was it was it a little bit of bias? You know, what I'm saying, or y'all just you know just kind of just being a little bit honest as far as like who y'all believe is the top players or like the top players in the league. Right. Yeah. When um, like I, I really kind of saw the list because I saw it was a few people did they top like fifty or whatever hundred list and. I know it was that one list we saw that was real blasphemous that had Trey Young at like number who knows what I don't even think he was in the top sixty. I think I think I think I know you're talking about I, no, there was one list that I saw, like they had they had Rudy Gobert at like thirty one or thirty two, and then they had Trey Young at like forty nine or fifty. I was like, dog, come on, man. Right. It was ridiculous. No I was way. like, I was like, let's go ahead and run a, a top we gonna do top fifty, but I was thinking top thirty. And once I got to do it names, uh, John was like, Yeah, let's just do thirty. Um and the list to me just the power of the players who I think are the 30 best players in the league based off of what they did last year and, and going into into this season. So um I think you know, like having Yogi at the top was a no-brainer after how he capped out the uh the finals and you know everything we saw him do in the playoffs and then just what we we seen him do last year going into this year, but um it's a little mix of both because, like you say, you still see a player like Steph in the top five, um, two years removed from his championship. And but you know, I still think that Steph is one of the best players in the league when healthy. Um, Giannis, uh, Jason Tatum, and things like that. So I don't think it's anything. You know, I, th- I think seeing LeBron at eight is kind of weird for all of us. <laughs> but sure. I think I think it's fair for where he is right now. But uh. I know for me, it was just trying to be fair and taking account of what we saw last year and what I think we're going to see this year. Uh, like you said, who knows? It may look a little different when we review this in the middle of the year. Somebody like Zion, who we see him healthy, maybe he breaks into the top 20 because he was amazing last year before he got hurt. But um, Yeah, but just try to take into account of what we saw plus what we think we're going to see. Uh, doing these lists is always kind of 
get frantic because once you start, you you know, you'll forget some names. You get down to 25 and realize, like, hold on, I don't forgot, right. like, three or four legit top 15 players. So when I do this, I do mine a little different because, like I said, I know Fred said, you know, he do his for the year before they then coming into the year. I'm one of those people because I feel like the whole thing is a journey to me. I'm going to get that out of the way. So I count what you have done up to that point, you know, two, three years ago because if you're consistent, you're consistent. Because, like, say, having LeBron at eight, I'm one of the people I'm on record saying, as long as Katie, Steph, and LeBron are healthy, they're in my top six. You have to do something amazing as an individual player to not to knock one of them out the top six. So, like, you know, scoring, eye test, defense. I put team stuff last because it's so hard to predict how good a team can be. But you as an individual can kind of control what you're doing out there. So, uh yeah, having Jokic at number one is probably perfect. And then, of course, you know, everybody's so different. I know people would probably be mad if you didn't have, like, a player like Jamal Murray in your top 15 because of what he did in the playoffs. But his regular season wasn't as strong as his playoffs was. No do, no disrespect to Jamal Murray because he's an amazing player. So doing these lists is always crazy because I know I said not getting into it, but when you tell me you're doing a list, I think you said you forgot like Paul George once you got down to like 26 or 27 yeah, or something. Missed, yeah. So players are always gonna get missed. So doing these lists is hard, pause. But it's just you know, whatever your criteria is, I guess. Like say I test offensive impact, defensive impact, how well you do work inside that team dynamic, all that. No, nah, that's a fact. I mean, everybody's criteria is different. I mean, and I definitely agree with you, like you said, because and I'll, I mean, I'll be real and say that I think definitely playoffs, like, you know, your playoff resume does kind of play a role, even if you didn't win a championship. But if you were to have like those big moments, like, for instance, like Jimmy Butler, who who has yet to who has yet to win a championship ring, but he's got those memorable playoff moments and being able to get the heat to the finals two years right. out, of, um, out of four seasons. So I think that does help him as well. And then you look at Luca and what he was able to do in the playoffs this, uh, last year when he got the maps to the conference final. So, you know, I mean, that all kind of plays a role, but, you know, I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with you. You know, the eye test definitely does play a role. I know a lot of guys there into the numbers, they're into the analytics. So I think that does kind of play a role in their factor. I'm not one of those guys. That's just, that's just my personal preference. No, I don't do analytics. It's, it's, too many, <laughs> it's too many factors that make average players look better. And with analytics, I've right. never, never been in analytics for just give me, I know it's simple scoring, assist turnovers, how you figure out defense, all that stuff. I don't necessarily need true shooting and efficiency. I feel that. This no, I definitely feel it. No, it's like see my see my thing is with that though. <laughs> and all that. All right. right. Like no, I mean like so my, my thing is when it comes to that though, it's like, you know, because I've I've learned to respect the people that look at the numbers. Like oh, I was one of those dudes that used to like that used to kind of diss them, especially like three, four years ago. But if you're gonna provide like the true shooting or the usage rate or anything, like you know, you gotta you gotta like have like a little bit of eye test of that too. Like you can't just say, oh, Trey Young is shooting like a I don't know, 45, 46% true true shooting, but then not be able to back that up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like show me like how how he's getting to those shots, you know what I'm saying? Coming off the ball, or you know, you as soon as he passes out court, you know, coming off a ball screen. Like, you know, so it's like it's just certain things like that that you gotta show me. If you're gonna show me those numbers, but that's just me personally. But oh, yeah, I mean, that. honestly, like I, I give y'all credit because it's not easy. Like, I mean, I know I know that y'all mentioned like you know that y'all are planning on doing a top 50, but doing a top 30 ain't easy at all. Like, not that ain't right, easy not, whatsoever. Not, right. And it's kind of crazy too, because it kind of makes me go back 
because people were asking me like um, a few years ago when it was the 70, 75th anniversary of the uh, NBA, they were asking me to do a top 75. I'm like, I can't do a 75, bro. Like, because I mean, obviously guys are going to get missed and then, you know, guys are going to get misplaced, you know, saying like some person might not make the top 50 and then now you got people all on your head because this person right. ain't top 50, but you got this guy right. or that guy. And then, of course, you know, the politics, like for instance, like, you know, Kyrie didn't make it in the top 75, which I find crazy. But, you know, it's just it's just so much that goes to it for me, though. Like, why right. why it's so hard for me to make the list? So I definitely applaud y'all as far as, you know, making y'all's top 30 and just, you know, and just sticking with it. Yeah, um, we, let's kind of. We also did 30 instead of 50 because we felt like after like 35, 35 to 50, they can all be kind of interchangeable, honestly. Like, that's not a big difference to me between the 35th best player and the 40th best player and the 45th. You kind of really splitting hairs there. So, you know, we thought 30 was a good number, and I even had in like two honorable mentions because I did I wanted to put Lamelo and Brandon Ingram in that. But yeah, 30 was like, all right, these are some guys that have separated themselves um, from that at other. At 30, probably them in all stars already as well, all NBA players in that 30. Yeah, basically, more like I believe all of them have, honestly. So yeah, no, nah, that's a fact. So. Now, so I'm, I'm going to ask you this real quick. So I'm going to name off y'all's list from 25 to 30. So y'all got Zion 25, y'all got De'Aaron Fox 26, Bam Bam Adebayo 27, Damanis Sabonis 28, Jalen mm-hmm. Brunson 29, and, and Julius Randle 30. So yeah. out of those five guys, who do y'all who do y'all see as as the regular season progresses that could possibly move up that list? Uh, Zion and De'Aaron Fox to me are, mm-hmm. are the two easiest mm-hmm. ones. And if I had to choose one, I would say Zion. That makes Zion, sense. Zion be top 20, top 15. No, nah, sure. nah, yeah, it's definitely those two first. Just because what they did last year. Um, even Zion missed some time. Like when him and Brandon when him and Brandon was on the court, I think they was like 20 plus games over 500 or something when they play together, not even playing like on you know separate. But if I had to choose a player that wasn't either one of those two, I probably would go with Bam because I feel like I don't think Bam has had that real solidified year, honestly. Like we've seen them. I agree. Like we've seen them raise his game every year in regular season at the playoffs. But I don't think we've seen Bam have that. I don't think like he hasn't had a year like Sabonis had last year. And that's no knocking what Bam has done. He's been all star. He's been all NBA. I think he's been all defense. But I feel like those two players, you could flip flop those two players. But with Sabonis having a little better season last year, I probably would give the edge to Sabonis just a bit. Pause. I respect that. I mean, it, I mean, and I'll be real. I I definitely agree with what you say about Bam. It's like I don't I don't think we've seen him take that leap yet. Right. And I know I know that even this past finals, you know, I think that he was the best player on Miami in this in this past finals when he played Denver. But I think we really haven't seen him really take that leap as far as you know. He can be, or like you know, he can be in the conversation as like possibly the best center alongside guys like Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid. And I mean, I'll be real. I mean, to me, he has the talent to do it. You know, he's a guy that could put the ball on the floor, get to the basket. I think that he does need to improve his shooting. And on top of that, he's a great defender. He's able to switch. He's able to guard multiple positions. So, you know, he has the talent. But I don't know if it's possibly playing in Miami that's holding him back. I don't know if he's taking a step back to Jimmy. Bam has one problem. He's just too little for the position that he's good at. He's a I wouldn't play Bam at power forward. He's just a really little center. And that's just that gonna sense. that's just gonna be bad some nights. 
I mean, that I taught my kids to go like the skinny ball center. That's what Bam is. I'm pretty sure that's what I said it about. The skinny ball center. Like, he just, like, in the finals last year, he was the biggest player on Miami. He was that best mm-hmm. defender. So you either let him play Jokic or you let him roam. It's just too much for a player that's not – when there's nobody else on the team like that. Now, that's a fact. I mean, I mean, and you can honestly tell, like, you know, it played a big factor in why Denver – was able to have control of that series. I mean, obviously Jokic played his obviously Jokic played well. Obviously Jamal Murray played his game as well. But you know, I mean, having I mean, I think I think size does matter. Pause. And I mean, you know, we've definitely seen that. We've definitely seen that. You know, even throughout the playoffs, like I mean, it, it kind of makes him reflect on when the Lakers played the Warriors in the um, in the second round this past year and how the biggest guy right. on, on Golden State was Kevon Looney. In, in Game One, AD had like thirty and twenty. So it's like you know, I think that does play a factor as well. So. You know, like I said, I mean, I definitely give y'all kudos for making that top thirty list, man, because it's definitely not something easy to do, man. And I love, I would, love, I would love to see everybody's reaction to it. But I'm going to get into a little bit, um, a little bit more. So, like, what is, what is y'all, what is y'all's thoughts on the offseason overall? You know, I know we've had a few transactions. I mean, hasn't been a lot of noise, but you know, there's been a few moves. So, you know, I mean, what, what, what has been y'all's thoughts on the offseason? Offseason overall, we actually just talked about this on our last episode. Um, not to go back to him. So I think first put it in perspective. Like we're so used to seeing maybe one big trade and then a bunch of little movements. So that makes the offseason seem more special when realistically that's not that's not the standard offseason. This is kind of was the standard offseason, even though you had those trade, you know, trade requests by Dave and um James Harden. <laughs> more like the man from James Harden. So it's get when it gets quiet, it just seems like nothing is going on. But other than that, you know, I don't really, I don't really got too much to say about the offseason right now because the James Harden thing just happened. And that's probably the craziest thing that's going to happen all year until somebody gets traded. Right. Yeah. The James thing more recently has kind of picked it back up. I thought it started off with you know a lot going on, um, especially leading to the draft. You had the Wimby hype. And then there was a lot of little trades around the draft. We saw Persinger throw to Boston. Right. Marcus Smart went to the Grizzlies. Um, it was a lot of little deals like that. But it's like the Dame thing was lingering. And it was lingering so heavy that I think people even kind of overlooked the fact that James Harden did ask for a trade. Like he, you know, all of this with the, with the, uh, the Daryl Morey video, him saying Daryl Morey a liar coming out uh, today. Uh, you know, kind of setting people off, kind of forgetting James asked for that trade, oh, <laughs> like right when free agency start. But we always, it was kind of played out like it was supposed to be like a cordial thing. Hey, we want to be traded, but if you don't, he'll come back. And now it's like, nah, you got to get him up out of here. Yeah, <laughs> but, but so, yeah, so it's, it seemed like it started with a bang, then it was the bang thing, and the damn trade lingered over the offseason, nothing happened. NBA sent out a memo because allegedly James agent told teams don't trade for him. Um, and so it really got quiet after that. Can't be the Bradley Bill. Yeah, yeah, the Bradley Bill trade. Like I so said, that was at the beginning. You know, that was right before the draft, right after the draft, right. real early. And you know, then we just been waiting, waiting, and now it seems like with this James Harden thing, um, I saw something saying that Philly's still planning on bringing him, but then I saw another thing that was like, hey, this is what they want though. So. With some of the stuff, I just don't think you can bring James Harden back in. Uh, it, it, it's getting to that point that you just can't bring him back. No, it it honestly makes me curious though because you know, and I was and I, I was talking about it yesterday on a uh, MSC Hoops. 
And I was just kind of like, you know, like how much value does James Harden have? Like, you know, I don't know if there's a, a specific team that's going to really go out of their way and say, hey, you know, we want James Harden to be a part of the franchise. Like I saw I saw a little rumblings like they were seeing the Clippers, but I'm like, you know, they just resigned Russ. So I don't really see a reason to even to even bring him in. So and then honestly, I was thinking about I mean, I, I heard about Houston. I don't know. I don't know if Houston is really true. I heard about Phoenix, but I mean, but they got Bradley Beal now. So at this point, it's like, you know, where is James Harden going to go? So I feel like the only right. option at this stage is Philly. But is I mean, obviously the whole the whole Darren Morey news came out. So I don't know. He might pull a Ben Simmons and sit the whole year. Who knows? Right. And especially it's like that. that's a good point because it's like and, and James just led the league in assists last year. So it's like right. he, he didn't have a terrible year. He, nah. And even in the playoffs, like that last series was inconsistent. His game seven, we were all disappointed in. But he had like two 40 point games that series or high 30. Like mm-hmm. he had two really big games. Yeah, he had, I, think he had, I think he had like 45 in game yeah, one. Yeah. Uh-huh. But without it being so, it's like, what are you getting from James? But at the same time, you know, the Clippers didn't jump all over him. They they were comfortable bringing Russ back and going back with that team that they had last year because they, I, I think that really played a part in Phoenix. You know, you get Brad, they're capped out as far as money goes. It, you know, Dane, the only other trade is for Dane, but why would Portland trade for James Harden? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's that's... like, Philly is the best spot, but it's just like, how does he go back there? Houston, you paying Fred Van Vliet 50 million, he's not coming there. Um, there's nobody to really trade him to. Yeah, so yeah. you know the day thing is interesting. It's definitely gonna linger into the season, uh, but they gonna have to find a partner for him. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. Because that's not even because regardless of how we feel about Philly, they do have a reigning MVP on their team. They were top three seed again, so yeah, they are expecting to be good again. You know, not just good, but a contender at least in the East. And you don't want that situation. We just had that with Ben Simmons. Uh, basically a season and a half ago, you don't want to ha- another left-handed point guard, right? right. Crazy. Also, also <laughs> so you don't want to run that. You don't want to run that back for real. Even though James Harden probably will go out there and still, if he does play, he's gonna at least be ten assists, nineteen right. points. But I don't also, think James Harden's gonna be. Also, at this point, it's like, all right, you force your way out of Houston. Everybody understood it. We, we all understood it in Houston. Uh, this was happening. That was happening. Some moves was happening. You didn't like. It was issues with the with the owner apparently that was more of an owner thing over him and Russ they're like owner cool get out of Houston they rebuild it you gave them all that you could do there everyone accepted it even when he showed up in the fast suit you go to Brooklyn he was hooping in Brooklyn people gave him a pass in Brooklyn Kyrie wasn't playing KD was hurt that's not where he went there for what do you say about the Philly situation now so I think that even makes things even more like we're not about to trade him on a one-year deal, and he come here and he's not gonna commit to us. So right. that I think that brings his value down even more than the sure. terrible game seven that he had. No, for sure. And even like, say, so just go back to the video real quick. Even though it's probably not gonna happen, but it's like I don't think the NBA can have you saying calling your general manager a liar. He's getting fined. Oh, he's absolutely gonna get fined. Yeah. But at what point? Of course, they're not gonna do it. And they're not gonna ask. But. James Harden really didn't put himself in a win 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 situation because what is it that you will promise a from the NBA side that exactly. he lied about and B, like you say, this this be three times, three different your last three teams. Like I, said, I don't put the OKC trade trade to Houston on him because he was a young yeah, player. Don't I don't count that one, but 
You forced your way to Brooklyn. That's the only team you wanted to go to. You forced your way to Philly. That was the only team you wanted to go to. Now you don't even necessarily have a trade destination anymore. So what are you going to do? And we haven't seen players go out like this in a long time. Like Iverson didn't necessarily go out because he wanted to keep switching teams. It was just the league coming off the bench for no trash young players. For sure. (laughs) No, for surely. Um, Melo, I ain't going to say Melo got forced out, but he definitely got, you know, he didn't go out screaming and kicking, but he didn't get to go out on his own terms. Yeah, I ain't going to lie, man. They – the NBA should have should have uh, took care of Melo a little bit better. Not nah, yeah, for sure. Crazy. So James Harden is probably going his last image in the NBA is probably not going to be a good image fan wise. I don't necessarily care because you can do that. If that's what you want to do, but he's not going to go out in good graces, but to a certain amount of fans, which are his fans, and they probably not even going to appreciate him at the end because of that. Because you go forget those thirty point scoring averages are gone. Like a long uh, way. Only, only, only people who care about that is Houston. He didn't do that in Philly. Yet. <laughs> like that's gone. He didn't do that in Philly. And he didn't do it in Brooklyn. So Houston is the only people who care about him. that MVP and the thirty-seven points per game. That's they have not seen that in Philadelphia. Not at all. I mean, I mean, this were a few games, but it's like not not on a consistent basis. Like, I mean, it's it's clear that like this is nowhere near MVP harder from what it was back in no, he ain't going back to or that. anything. No, he ain't going back that. Especially with age, and then. He had his share of injuries, you know, the hamstring injury yep. really tricky. You know, he's dealt with that on multiple occasions. So, nah, it's just crazy. But uh, let me let me let me ask you this though, man, because I mean this this dame this dame trade request has been kind of lingering for like the last like few months now. Like like when do y'all possibly see this happening? Y'all see it happening before training camp or possibly like uh, I don't know throughout the season. The, I don't know. I feel like if anything, it's probably gonna be during the season because I don't feel like Miami is gonna change their offer. And not even just Miami. They might tweak it a bit just because, you know, Portland, they might pull them actually ask for something they're willing to give up. But I don't think any team out there – not going to say any team, my bad. He can be traded anywhere, but I don't think a team has the trade compensation that Portland is looking for for real. Because if Brooklyn is the next best option, who's on Brooklyn that you're trading not named Markel Bridges that's better than – Tyler Hero, if that's the center in the Miami package, Pauls. Like, there's not, like, regardless if he wants to only go to Miami or not, there's nobody with trade capital for Portland, for what Portland wants. They want an expiring contract. They want young players. They want picks, pick swaps. Nobody has young players to trade now. If you got a young player, he's probably good, to be honest, and you're not trading him especially not to a team that got – like, what you get – what are you trading day for? You got two young guards. You got a young wing and shaded. The, you're not going to flip them for a big, tell the truth. No. Like, what are you really trading day for that is like, we can't trade them to Miami for what they're – no, don't trade them for what they're offering. But who has a bet, better trade conversation than Miami that's like, we can't work with Miami. They're being unfair. Tell the truth. Really, I don't even think Brooklyn – I think Miami is clearly the only team that with some trade in the game. Like, I have some teams that I think should be involved in. Also, yeah. like, I think Toronto should be in play, but they don't know if they want to keep Pascal or not. I think Milwaukee should consider consider Absolutely. it, like, Absolutely. get off of Drew. For, hey, Drew and why not? But, you know. Um, but, like, Brooklyn is supposed to be the other team. After going through what you just went through and trading KD and being able to get all these picks back. Are you that eager to trade them away? Because I don't think Portland 
is rebuilding, trading off of Damon and trading for Mikael Bridges. That doesn't that doesn't say rebuilding. That's still a minute for Shade and Sharp. It makes no sense for them to trade for Mikael Bridges. And then one of the reasons why Dane wants to go to Brooklyn is because Mikael Bridges is his friend. So um, I don't think it would make sense to trade him there. You trade him for the other. So Miami is the best opportunity. Um, I think what's holding it up is I get why they don't want Tyler Hero because you probably don't even know if you want Anthony Simons at this point. So why have both of those players? Sure. Um, I don't know the picks that they have. I'm sure they have the standard picks and pick swaps. I just think for Miami, when it comes to being held up for young players, it's probably not even going to play on this team this year, mainly uh, the Jovic, Jovic and uh, Jacquez. Jacquez. I'm sorry about his name. I haven't said his name. <laughs> one of them can go. They both can go. Honestly, neither one of them, and they both can hoop. They're both really good players. I don't think either one of them is contributing to this team going to the finals this year. If you win the play for playing for the finals, I think you should go all in for Dame. So I think they're both trying to play this game. I think Tyler Hero is the main holder because neither one of them wants Tyler Hero. <laughs> and it's like, who wants Tyler Hero, which he just dropped 40 in the program the other day. Um, so that clearly shows that he's healthy. That's honestly crazy that you say that, though, because I feel like Hero is probably the one guy besides, like, Bam and Jimmy that has, like, the more the most value. Just one big man of the year. He, he's averaged 20. He's young. He's on a – if he becomes an all-star in the next two years, he's on a favorable contract. Um, so I see the value in Tyler Hero. I think – so I think the holdup is just mainly that. Who's going to get Tyler Hero? Compensation over some of the younger players. And I get – the only player I get Miami not wanting to give up is Caleb Martin because if you give up Tyler Hero scoring, you at least want to keep Caleb Martin because you're not giving up everything. He's actually going to play. But – uh it's a tricky thing. I think it's going to go into the training camp, honestly. I wouldn't be surprised if they even went to the deadline. And if it gets to the trade deadline, then there's no point of it. Miami's not going to the finals then. If I'm Miami, I want the train. I want Damian training camp. Sure. I want him learning the heat here in September. Um, but I, I think he's going to be in Portland come um, October 1st. <laughs> oh, sure. Not as interesting though, because you know I, I was having a conversation with somebody about that as well. Because if he does, like you know, say for instance, like you know, if the regular if the regular season starts and he and he hasn't been traded yet, it's like, does does he does he play with the team still, or does he or does he possibly just sit out and wait for a trade to happen? Right, so no, I, think, I, don't, I don't think Dame's in now. I think nah, just to, I don't know Dame, and I love to I, I always throw that out there first when I talk about these players because I don't know them at all. I just know they play basketball. But I don't think that Dane would be the type of player to sit. I don't think Dane would have been unhappy if he got traded anywhere but Miami. And I don't think he'll sit out until he'll get traded because I just don't feel like he's that type of person, like that type of player, I should say. Right. Yeah. No, I, I feel that. I, no, but I think either way, you know, the future is bright for Portland. I mean, they just they just acquired School Henderson in the draft. You know, they got young, a young high flyer and shaded sharp. Anthony Simons has, you know, shown great uh great development over the past few years so i love the direction that they're going it's unfortunate that dane was never really able to build anything while he was there for uh for the past 11 years but i think i think it's a good move for him to move on you know possibly see see if he can see if he can take a hunt for that championship i mean he's 32 years old 32 or 33 something like that so mm-hmm. at the end of the day he's not necessarily getting younger so i think i think it's the best move for him right. but i think with Dane, he should have made that trade offer or he should have made his trade request earlier uh because then that would have gave him more options that would have had bigs on the table 
going straight on the table. Um, maybe even the Lakers in play if he would have did it a little bit earlier, but I think waiting through the draft and the first couple of days. Yeah, man, of the day, things I was saying that didn't happen. Had, that had happened different way, man. Right. So they said they was going to be competitive he, and they kept got, the I mean, they, he, the only thing they didn't do was sign Draymond. Oh, yeah, that's true. Sure. Drafted school, I don't think it's necessarily the, the biggest issue. I don't think I don't think it's necessarily didn't draft trade, They didn't trade for somebody, and the only free agent move he made was giving Jeremy Grant $30 million a year. So after that, it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Not, not trading for school, just keeping the pick in general. Like, once you don't make the trade, once you don't make that trade, using that pick. I mean, you if you think you're drafting somebody in the top three that's ready to contribute now, I'm not against that. But you got to have a plan free agency-wise as well, so. That's more of a, all right, we ain't doing nothing this year than, than drafting them. No, nah, that's definitely a fact. So, all right, we're going to transition. This is going to be like the interview portion of this uh, of this episode here. So I'm kind of going to kind of going to want to dive into y'all a little bit, man. So hey, like yeah. I mentioned, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, both y'all are, I mean, you guys were both raised in ATL. So what was, what was it like growing up there? And like, you know, what, what was the hoop scene out there? Hoop scene out here? It's crazy because. Being an adult now, they've basically taken away. We used to have midnight runs here, like when I was 13, 14, 15, adult leagues. Um, like I say, when I say, and when I say adult league, I mean like nobody, it's not even anybody 18 on the team, like 30, 25, 30 plus. So the hoop scene was always nice. Of course, you know, Shannon Anderson, uh, his brother Willie Anderson, uh, what's my guy's name? Zone six, uh, at Carter, Forrest from Southside, one George, Georgia Tech, we, uh, James Forrest, Derek Favors. Derek so we one of them, like, and that's just the city, like, Metro Atlanta in general. Jalen Brown's in the league now, just got a you know, big bag. I ain't gonna say how much you got because I don't do that. But this hoop saying down here had always been great, of course. You know, AAU coach Atlanta Celtics, if you're around our age, Georgia Stars. We've had plenty. I think Georgia, Atlanta in general has had some of the best basketball in the Southeast, if not in the whole state, realistically, my whole life. And I ain't even talking about just playing pickup at the park either. I'm talking about like basketball, basketball. We real there's not haven't been a there's not been too many times I can think where we haven't had at least one player in the top 15 coming out of high school. Like since I've been paying attention. And I'm talking 20 plus years at this point. Yeah, and I wouldn't even say there's a good hoop scene in the South, just in the country, period, because, I mean, even just the number one player in high school basketball last year that said USC now was was from here. He went to Wheeler School. Harrison just went top three. He's from here also. Anthony Edwards a couple of years ago, Jalen Brown. You go back to the 90s, Sharif Abdul-Rahim, you get into Josh Smith, Deion Glover. <laughs> like I said, we're not even talking about pickup hoops. we just talking right. about like actual hoops at this point. And the, the good thing is, like, Atlanta is such a big place. The Metro Atlanta is a big place. Atlanta, the city, is small. But you're going to run into people in so many different places because to the – you know, the AAU side, we always had, you know, mainly two prominent AAU teams, the Georgia Stars and the Atlanta Celtics. So everybody pretty much played for those teams. You would see people across the city. Atlanta, for anybody that don't know, Atlanta is a, a black city. It's really it's really black here. Facts. A lot of people move to Atlanta because they're used to seeing black people. We have black doctors. You're going to see black lawyers. You're going to see black business owners. It's been like that way since we were kids. Our our schools are named after black people. Booker T. Washington High School and 
et cetera, et cetera. So <laughs> right. a, a lot of you know, the people within the city within the city move to the suburbs. So even though one of these people may be from the suburbs, it all starts within the city. And all that competitive nature started in the neighborhoods and the streets, and it led to the school stuff. And, you know, of course, run and shoot was always – it was so famous here. that what, what was the game that they make it on? NBA Streets or NBA Live? Yeah, I remember the, they had uh, – no, it's the M1 game. But everyone knew about run and shoot. That's where hot sauce came from. Anyone that did the M1 thing. And so it was always really competitive here. It always was a lot of good talent here. Um, and you knew you was always gonna have a chance to play against somebody that was going to the next level, whether it's college, NBA, overseas, street ball legends like we have we have players that played in i can give you a name of this dude who a lot of people may not know now but it's vincent banks local guy from the city here south atlanta he's supposed to go to miami uh he's supposed to go to cincinnati and miami local street like if you ask anybody in the city he's he's lou williams to us in the city didn't quite make it because of other things but it's people like him that he did play in cincinnati for you know yeah he did but it's people like him who our culture is built upon a guy that can easily give you 40 NBA talent, but didn't quite make it. And then we have an NBA talent player as well, Lou Williams, Dwight Howard. Um, you know, it goes on and on. So always really competitive uh, scene and definitely rich in basketball history. No, that's yeah, a fact. Though, talent. Sure. Walt Frazier over here, man. It started back in then. Walt, <laughs> right. Walt, 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 Walt Frazier went to high school with our, with our grandma, little our grandma. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's crazy. But you know, you know, you know, it's funny though. Like, it's funny how you mentioned how uh, Atlanta was a, like Atlanta is pretty much a black city. I mean, because even when I was there like a few months ago, like you know, I like all I really saw was like black people. I think it was kind of rare to see yeah. like a lot of white people. And on top of that, you know, I think probably like a few months ago, I was I was watching a Killer Mike interview because he's from Atlanta too, and he was he was talking about how all he pretty much had was like black teachers and stuff like that. So that was pretty yeah. much what he grew up around. So no, like, that's, I mean, that's a fact too. No, black teachers. No. Yeah, I'm seeing a post on Twitter, and it was like, "Can you name all of the white teachers that you know? Can you name all of the black teachers that you had throughout school?" And a lot of us for that was like, "It'd be easier to name white <laughs> all of our teachers was black." Like, bro, I think I had one white teacher my whole school from kindergarten to twelfth grade in Atlanta. We lived in Denver for like a year when I was like eight years old. That's complete cultural shock because you don't be around. Nothing but black people there. I'm sure that as a kid, you notice that. And as a kid, you know that because you're like, it, this don't look the same out here. But that's probably the most white teachers I had in my life was there. <laughs> so that's how I'm sure. Look, man, the most famous HBCUs is here Morehouse, Spelman. You know, you, of course, you got Clark still here, Morris Brown doing his thing again. But yeah, that's rich in black history. Martin Luther King, <laughs> everything. <laughs> No, that's a fact. So I mean, so did both of y'all play like high school ball? Or was it just like? No, yeah, we both played. Right. I, um, I don't what have that experience. Like, I don't have an authority problem, but I ain't gonna lie. I didn't really like going to school much. So once I kind of realized, like, yeah, I might be done after high school. I didn't play my senior year because I wasn't really going to class. Would not be yeah, basically played whole lives organized. What six through eleventh grade. Like I said, he you know went a little further, but even like I say, I think my freshman year I played. We played Taj McCullough. He ended up going to college. Um, that's Atlanta basketball is crazy, man. Like you see them, and it's funny because like I say, going living in the city, not only living in the city, but 
going to school in the city, like Atlanta public schools. You know, you don't might not know everybody, but you recognize everybody from middle school, especially if you play sports. So it's certain schools I didn't like because I ain't we used to trash their schools in middle school. So there's certain high schools I didn't like in the city just because of that. Right. But North yeah. Atlanta was one of those schools. But yeah, we played uh, a few years, like you said, we we started off uh mainly ninth and tenth, and then ninth and tenth, he he played either year ahead of me, and then uh we got into later. Even his, his last year, he was supposed to play. But I remember it was a thing with transferring to schools where they ruled one of the they ruled me to be eligible. They didn't even completely rule him eligible. But you know, the experience of playing was always good. Just you know, having somebody else, especially it was mainly during the summers. I know a lot of people were with their siblings, and they probably played one on one a lot. That's probably the thing that oh yeah, what was y'all one on one games like for that? We didn't play one on one a lot growing up. We like worked out together. We train did drills and of course like we would play on teams two on two and three on three and whenever we ran five we was always on teams but our experience was more so how we helped each other get better through working out doing stuff that kids our That's age were doing running miles and stuff every day so and that was always the thing in our neighborhood too because you know we, we from East Atlanta anybody pretty that's pretty popular right now but throughout the neighborhood it was known and we were the best players in the neighborhood we wanted to people that had a hoop in our neighborhood. So it was always a thing to come to our street and see you was actually good if you could you weren't beating us, but if you could compete with us, that meant that she was kind of good. Uh, so but that that's always a weird. We always meet people and they'd be like, I bet you I had good one-on-one because we both played it. Like, I bet you I had good one-on-one games growing up. And he's like, nah, we played one-on-one. We we worked out. Even our my earliest memories of us playing basketball was at the park with our dad and us going through drills. We didn't play one on one. We didn't even do like not that it wasn't not that we weren't competitive. We always was competitive, but not even like shooting games or stuff like that. Our experience was we were either on teams or we were working together to get better to improve our games. Um and that's even kind of stuck to now. Usually you catch us. There's only one hoop session we got where we're not on team but i think they purposely don't put us on team. yeah i, I was i was thinking sorry they purposely don't who was on the same team because, on purpose. yeah no nah, i feel that no nah, i mean that's I always weird people are like what, what are y'all one-on-one games like like well, we didn't we didn't play one-on-one nah, we like it's funny <laughs> because to bring them up uh bring katie up real quick like I know people have such this stance of oh, KD wants to just play on super team. No, nah, he just want to play good basketball, and that was, I guess, my whole thing. So it was like, I know, you know, fresh on how to play. That was all I needed to know. Like, I know I got one dude who knows how to play for real. Like everybody else is the homie, so they gonna follow our lead. And it's like, I think that's the simplest way to keep basketball fun for real. Man, play with who you know gonna play basketball for real. Exactly. No, nah, no, nah, I mean, that's definitely, I mean, that, that's honestly interesting, though, that you mentioned, like, y'all didn't really play one-on-one, because, I mean, like, it's like, especially when you talk about siblings, like, you know, like, everybody wants that edge, so, you know, the one-on-one games be, like, super intense. Nah, we were busy trying to beat our dad and big cousins, like, that's what I thought, we were trying to beat them, like, they did it before, it's like, we say basketball is a family thing, like, we tell people that we literally mean that, like, we just now get into the generation where nobody's playing basketball in our family. Right. On our dad, especially on our dad's side. Like literally just getting to that generation. Like imagine your cousins in their twenties playing basketball in high school, your cousins in their thirties playing basketball in high school. Your son ain't hooping fresh? 
My son, he does hoop, but he's only five, so he a young hoop. I feel that. Okay. He's he a young. He a young. He's still got time. He's the only one. He's the only one. He's, that a, he's the only one, though. That's all. We were literally just talking to him. We just talking about this yesterday. He's like, because he hyped this year because I had to put him on a team because, for one, I don't like youth basketball. I don't like six and under. Five, eight. I can't stand the games and just listen to everybody scream, shoot. It drives me crazy. He's not learning nothing out there, whatever. But him, me and him, we work out and. Uh, like doing drills, and I teach him how to shoot and stuff. And he knows that he's five now, and he's getting to a point where he can play on the team. So he's real hyped to be on me. Like I can play on the team now, right? I can play on the team now, right? He be he be on it. So my son, he's next up for sure. So shout out to him. Nah, nah, he definitely still got some time. So I want to say last time I was up there, friend. I think you said that you were, you were, uh suited up for HBCU. Yeah, I did. What was that like? Yeah, I did briefly. It was, it was actually cool because uh, I went to Morgan State. I was at Morgan State for a year. Shout out to Morgan State Bears and the MEAC. Um, so coming out of high school, I actually had a good couple of off, good couple of opportunities coming out of high school, mainly like Middle Tennessee, um, Virginia Commonwealth, South Carolina, Jackson State. It was a few. It was a few schools that that uh, showed me a little love coming out of high school. But I I moved around as far as transferring a good amount in, in high school. So. Actually, one me and one of my friends, we went prep together. We went to Longbird Prep, shout out to Longbird Prep in North Carolina to uh, kind of solidify some college situations. I stayed there briefly and then ended up going to Morgan. And we were really good, actually. We won the MEAC. We lost to Blake Griffin's Oklahoma team in the first round of the it was 2009 NCAA tournament. They beat the dog crap out of us in the first round. It was like, a, it was like 80 to 50, something like that. Um, but the experience uh being there was great. Like the, we we had this one guy on our team, Reggie Holmes. Shout out to Reggie. I think he's still playing overseas. One of the best shoes I ever been around. I coached uh actually coached at Cal. He coached Jason Kidd. Um, so he was our coach there. But just being around, even at that level, it's the MIAC. It's not the ACC, it's not the big East. Right. But the level of play. The, the speed, the strength of, you know, high-level D1 athletes was just on another level. And you were still, even with, with then being on a lower level of Division One, playing against guys that were going to be pros. So it was cool. It was a good experience. Of course, HB, anybody that went to HBCU would tell you HBCU life is amazing. So, you know, we go to the games at Howard and Hampton and you know, all that cool stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it was cool, man. It was a really good experience. Uh I you know I wish I could have had more time, but my college experience didn't have that long, didn't last that long. I was there for a year. Stuff ain't kind of work out how the way I wanted to. So I, I actually started playing semi-professionally after like a year. Started playing in the ABA. No, that's what's so, I mean, honestly, I mean, you know, I mean that's that's still a good experience. I mean, even if you did play a few years in college, because I'll be real, even for a guy like myself, I didn't play after high school, so I never had a chance to really get that experience of playing at like like at the college level. So I mean, for you right. even have like that small experience. Even if it may have not resulted, like resulted in winning, you know, I think that's still dope to even talk about, you know, to be able to reflect on. Yeah, but, yeah um, definitely. No, for sure. But um, another question I wanted to ask y'all is: so I be I see y'all, you know, y'all y'all have the hoop sessions at um at the overtime arena. You know what? What do those be like? Oh, Crazy. Uh, we ain't we didn't we didn't run last week. Uh, yeah. I don't know why, but the week not the week before, two weeks ago, I think my team uh, the team I played my side, you know, we won by six. When I say intense for just basic at this point in their career, there's a couple guys who probably could play 
some type of semi-professional professional basketball. But when I say like just for eight, nine, 10, 15 street ball guys at this point in their lives, older dudes, there's literally, I think, one young cat out there who comes out there. But the games were super competitive. Play 90 minute games, two halves. The, you know, either first, you know, who's ever up after up after 90 minutes or 114. When I say we be, we get to 114, we get to 114. Like, oh, so these be like real games. Like, like these ain't like average pickup. Nah, these, these, no, this is you know, this is real games. Like, right. you know, if you're on Instagram, for everybody's listening, it's uh, follow the 411 private run. You can check out the highlights, the clips. You can um, also put them up on the YouTube as well. But like, it's just really competitive games. And right, shout! I, every time I talk to people about, it, I gotta tell shout out to Big Tigger because I do play on his team when he comes out there. Big Tigger be out so, there with us. Uh, but just really a competitive group of guys on the court. Right. Everybody knows what they're doing on the court. Of course, is you know we're playing pickup still at the end of the day. So. Yeah. People get a little bit outside of themselves because it's like, ain't no coach out here. You ain't got to tell me how to play basketball. I'm going to do what I want to do. But it's fun, though. Like, we've had buzzer beater attempts. Like I say, come down to the wire. One team up four. We shoot free throws. Got referees. It's a great experience, especially with, you know, a lot of the cats out there. Yeah. Like I said, for, uh, shout out to 411 Private Run. Uh, it was started by this dude named John Thomas. Uh, it was actually started by him and a couple of his friends, a couple of important people in the city of Atlanta actually like some behind the scenes people that's making some things happen but uh we actually it, it started it's like an invite only thing um and you know being who we are around the city we're connected with a lot of people just in the basketball scene just that we've been here for a while but one of our friends actually asked us about it he's like hey have y'all ever heard of this do you know these people that be playing so they invited us out to play um and they, they just kind of coming back every week but like I say, it's it's a it's a couple of a lot of started with a couple of group of friends, a lot of competitive guys, really competitive games. Like I said, we play ninety minutes, first of one fourteen, or when the time goes off, we got refs. We, we used to didn't have refs. We had refs about a year now, I think maybe a little less than that, but about a year to keep it. You know what I mean? To keep you don't want people calling their own game, the game flow exactly. So <laughs> different game flow. <laughs> Call it with the refs. We, we play on shot clock and stuff like that. So the games are all really structured. It's it's like playing in a real game, um, and it gets really competitive. Uh, it, it's it's very rare. Maybe a week here or there, one team just got the hot hand and they run away with it. But the games are usually back and forth. And even if the team is up a lot, somebody always makes a run. And we have our core group of guys, but then we have some people that come in and out because like. Ty Young, that used to play for the Atlanta Dream, she'll come in and play with us uh, here and there. Or um, we've had uh, Lou, Lou come and play with Lou Will. He come play with us. Um, so it, it's people that are in and out that come and play, mixed with our core group of guys. But you know, we were playing at Georgia State, and the relationships that the group has built got us being at OTE, and they've been showing us a lot of love there. They actually did our uh, we we play in jerseys there now. They did the jerseys for us and everything. Um, so it's really cool. You never know who you're gonna bump into into the gym. Like we've been in the gym with Cole Anthony, Noah Varnalay, uh, of course the Thompson twins who just both went top five. They've been in there. Um, and not even necessarily like on the court with us, but just in the gym, in the atmosphere, you have a conversation with people. Um talk to uh I sorry I can't remember dude's name, but Louisville's star point guard this year. I talked to him and his dad a few times, like he's ready to have a big year up there. So it's just 
the atmosphere and the people that you're gonna meet there makes it plus the games are good. Uh, yeah, they, the, the games the, are good at the end of the day. You, speak on that part. Yeah, I don't think you know nobody's gonna show up to come every week and the games are, are weak and they're not competitive or people can't play. The games are really good. Like even in some of the blowouts, like when a team can't yeah. make a run, it's still good basketball being played. It's just right. one team is just so far ahead, there's nothing you can do for real. Exactly. And these runs have built a lot of relationships overall. Like I said, for the guy John Thomas that started it, you know, he directed a camp all a free camp all over the summer. That was sponsored by USA Basketball, and we did it every weekend. And that's going to continue to go on through the year. And, you know, there's a lot of good opportunities that come out of being, you know, around the guys that we're around. And uh, we're going to be back this week. Like I said, we didn't play last. They counted last week, and then we didn't go the week before. We're back this week. So, you know, it's always on Instagram. Try to put the highlights on there. Uh, and it's always good footage. So check us out, man. 411 Private Run. No, I definitely check my dad's bro. See, that's why I be you buying. Back, hey, you come back up here because we we got a spot for you to come. No, nah, man, I'm coming soon, bro. I've been I've been telling you, man. I'm trying to move out there, man. Soon, man. I'm trying to make that, make that happen, move, off, for real. Cause I ain't gonna lie, like I mean, it, it seemed it seemed like a lot of fun. I'll be real. I've only been to Atlanta probably like maybe four, maybe five times. But I mean, I mean, every time I'm every time I'm out there, like you know, I feel the love out there. So it's like. I don't know if I ever. I don't think I ever really had a chance, like really, like hoop out there. I might have had like one yeah, game come out. when I was younger, yeah, but I mean, but that was that. But I mean, but that was a long time ago. But I mean, like you know, it seemed like the runs out there are like are super. Yeah, I know, fun, I know, super I know, you know the summer's almost over and it's been raining and whatnot. But yeah, try to come up here before the summer over. We can get out Not to a sure. park. We can get out to a park one weekend for. Real. Nah, I mean we definitely. Got, I mean, because honestly, even last time I was up there, bro, we, like I think I think it had rained when we were trying to hoop when I was up there. Yeah, yeah, crazy. <laughs> But no, but no, I mean, I mean, we definitely gonna make it happen. Definitely gonna make it happen soon. But you know, I'm I'm gonna get into a few other more questions too before we get out of here. So I mean, obviously, y'all been y'all been doing this basketball content thing for a little while now. So what what made y'all want to make that transition and say, you know what, let's just be on the um, on the sideline, just you know, really cover the game, you know, and, and be a part of the media or just you know, make content in general. It's an argument with our friends. First of all, <laughs> this, this, this is a few funny things. First of all, we've always been into content. Um, I started editing videos in like 2012. Um, I, I feel like I was one of the first YouTube content people. I, I got a video of me playing basketball like in like 11th grade. This is like 2007 on YouTube. Before anybody knew what this was, we didn't all just have cameras on our phones. We didn't even know what the hell YouTube was. And I, uh, you know, I, I got a video was in the gym. That's back in the day. If you could dunk, take a video of yourself dunking, we posted it on YouTube. So I was one of the first cool content creators on YouTube. But it's always was something that we wanted to do. And you know, you always got one of those ideas, and you think it's stupid because you don't see nobody doing it, and then it becomes a thing. Like people going to parks and recording themselves playing is stuff that we was doing in 2010, bro. I swear to God. And it's not to say that nobody else was It's not to say nobody else was doing it. There wasn't an emphasis on it for real. Nah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, at, at that time, like, you know, social media wasn't really popping yeah, like that. that. Yeah, YouTube wasn't really popping like that. So it wasn't a lane for it like it was then. But either way, past that, we, we kind of always been in content creative because, like I said, I was, I was always into video editing. John, uh, John W. is a writer, so we were in the writing space creating documentaries, uh, movie scripts, and stuff like that, which we still do. Um, and then even in, this is Atlanta, in the music space, music videos, vlogs, and all that type of stuff. If you go back, I got, we got a lot of content on YouTube from 2014 to 2016. And we always just really dove into that because 
you know, that's why our circle was, that's why our friends were. Our brother is a really dope producer out here, makes music, engineer, stuff like that. But we always been hoopers from the heart. Like people that know us, they know us from playing basketball. I, I made all state, all city in high school. We not a park played in go every, to, right. We, right. We played on every park that's that you could play. So people know us from basketball. So Fast forward a couple of years, I think we first started 2019. It was the Raptors uh, Golden State Finals. I think game three was like our first episode, <laughs> I believe. But it started as far as with the basketball content because we've always been, you, you know, you always got that weird, and I'm talking about myself, so I'm going to call them weird. You always got those weirdos in middle school. You can go in there and be like, hey, John, what was, what was Trace McGrady scoring? No, like, last I year? tell people. And he'll like, tell you it was 32 points, six rebounds. Like, we oh, I was. I was definitely one of those that like that that new oh, yeah, like, averages. And <laughs> those, those guys woke up and went to sleep at Sports Center and stuff like that. So magazines, magazines, and everything. So shout out to our homies, Dez, Justin, Ricardo, Pete. Well, you know, we always say these are our friends. Like since middle high school, these are our friends. Elementary school and Justin. But we have an argument about what is the difference between what makes certain people basketball experts. Shout out to Stephen A. We know he got his communications degree and. What makes him a great journalist? What makes him a basketball expert? And he, and this is not a shot at Stephen A. No. But he didn't play in the NBA. He's not a coach. He didn't play in college. He's a basketball expert because of the time that he put into, into the game, the knowledge, how he watches, interviews, just studying the game. There's no real criteria that makes you a basketball expert. And that's what we used to go back and forth. And one of our friends, shout out to Dez, he told us, that if we were more animated, we'd be famous because <laughs> we always knew what we were talking about as far as basketball. So we was like, why don't we just do it our way? You know, we're not super animated. We are more laid back and, you know what I mean? That's just our personalities. But we also don't, that's also how we think about the game. It's never just about the clickbait. Like we talk about stuff, I'm sure it's boring as hell to people, but it's what we want to talk about. It's not just about, I don't want you to listen to what we're talking about because it's the hot topic or, I put out something to bait you and to come to it. We want real basketball talk. People that's actually talking about the game, what they see, have fun with it too. You know, a little trolling here. Exactly. But to the core, I feel like we real hoop people. And that kind of where started it. Uh, it's just wanting more of seeing, wanting to see more of us in, in the space, honestly. That's how we met you, Kev, Chris LeBron, Mo, other people that's like, they're really about what they're talking about and not mm-hmm. just like we, you want people to listen. You want people to pay attention, but you're not selling your content on just trying to get people to, to click, to click the links. Pause. You want them to actually hear what you're saying. That's crazy. But no, I mean, I, I def, it's crazy. I, mean, I, def, I definitely see what you mean though. But I mean, I'm, I'm definitely one of those guys too. I mean, obviously I didn't, I didn't play NBA. I didn't play anything professional. I didn't play after high school, but, but you know I guess stuff. exactly. Because I mean, but I mean, like my, my approach is, you know, I mean, I've been watching basketball my whole life. I've been watching NBA, W, college, you know, so I've been watching that my whole life. Then on top of that, I hooped in my childhood. So I try to use a little bit of my experience hooping, you know, what I learned from my coaches or any of like, you know, my teammates, you know, growing up. And then of course, you know, my knowledge watching it, watching the NBA or just watching sports in general, and just try to bring that into it. So I mean, everybody has their own styles. Like I mentioned, oh, you know, you know, you got guys that like the numbers. You like guys. You have guys that you know they do the eye test and everything, and then you have guys that, that just like the troll as well, and you don't get the get the numbers up. But 
I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I think I think there's content for everyone, man. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give it y'all flowers. You know, y'all been doing this thing for a minute, but um, but I mean, I guess my I guess my next question is, I mean, because I mean, you you touched on Chris LeBron, you know, when did you guys meet him, and when did y'all join the Off the Ball Network? Man, um, was that 2020? Yeah, 2020. We've been on Off the Ball going on three years now. It'll be three years in uh, November on my birthday, actually. Um. That's crazy, bro. See, see, I practically joined the same time as me because people forget. Like, I, yeah. I practically joined. Like, I think it was November twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. Then I, yeah, I, I was, yeah. Then I was there for like maybe like maybe six months, maybe a year. Then I started doing my own thing, and then Chris had actually hit me up like last summer. Was like, hey man, you want to join the network? In I was like, hell yeah, why not? Well, so that's crazy. Like, I, th- I thought y'all were there like way longer than what I was. Nah, nah, yeah. Um, I remember just like you say, you know, we started doing it. We started doing. We take our time with stuff. I'm not gonna lie, like we might be slow with stuff, but we take our time to make sure, like, all right, we ready to do it that way. So we started off on Instagram. We, you know, post little audio clips on Instagram, all that stuff, and then we got, all right, we're doing this for real. We got a Twitter, so you just following people who will suggest. And I see, all right, off the ball pod, Chris LeBron, follow people like that, and I see him do this, you know, put out his every, you know, every four months he like to put out like, hey, you guys want to, you know, come join the network, you know. Make that tweet, but it was him starting networking. And I shot him a DM. I said, you know, no homo. Um, sent him some, you know, sent him a couple episodes. At first, you know, I think it's a New York Atlanta thing. Nobody's from New York is ever going to admit it, but people from New York are jealous of people from Atlanta because we really the black coat, we really the culture down here. But you know, um, gave some good criticism, gave, gave some good criticism, but you know, he really wasn't, you know. He, you know, he he signed us up at first. He was like, you know, y'all come back, do some more episodes, this, that, and the third. I guess he just wanted to hear more, make sure, like, all right, they are, right, they know right. what they're doing for real. And I, you know, I can dig that because you never know. It's a lot of clowns out here. Then um, a couple weeks later, he just hit us back like, hey, you know, y'all still trying to get down the network? I was like, yeah, it's just an opportunity, right? And ever since then, we've been solid locked in. Like, I said, Chris LeBron is a good dude. I know. No, he's a good dude. For like, sure. He's a good My dude. God. If we could, if he could do more for us, he would do more. He already got us on max contract, so unless you offering two fifty a piece, that's I'll tell y'all, man. Y'all, y'all work out a hundred mil at this point, man. Ain't offering two fifty <laughs> a piece for both of us. We on with off the ball network till we, you know, what I'm saying till we ready to move on. Nah, that's what's up. That's definitely what's up. So I'm, a, I'm gonna dive into. So last year y'all did the uh, the summer series. So I mean, y'all had guys like me. Y'all had. I know y'all had Mo on there. Y'all had Prez. I think y'all had Will on there as well. Kevin, yeah, y'all, 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 y'all had a few other guys as well. So, like, so what was what was y'all's approach? You know, you know, as last as last summer came along, you know, as far as doing the series, going um going back to something first brought up, being content creators is like, what can we do? And it was the off season, so there's nothing nothing goes on in the off season. We don't want to troll. We don't want to bait. We don't get into free agency talk because we try not to talk about players' money at all because it ain't our money. So it's like, what can we do to be interesting while there's no basketball going on? There's nothing to talk about. And we was like, we content creators. We like, like say, want to do sports documentary stuff like that. And we was like, let's do this because it's something that we can record over times while still dropping little episodes here and there, even though there's nothing going on and we can once it all put together and come out. You know what I'm saying? We get, we had we didn't even know how good it was gonna be. We knew it was gonna be cool, but we didn't know y'all was gonna like it as much as y'all liked it for real because we just wanted to give people something that was gonna listen that wasn't just 
free agency talk. Right. Like, it's, we still talk of basketball, even though it's not the NBA season. So we had to figure out how can we talk basketball without there being any basketball professional basketball being played. Right. And I think the summer series was, like you, like you said, at the heart of it, we are just overall content creators. So the summer series was just a way to dive into telling, like, for me, it's all about telling stories, honestly. And I know throughout the season, especially since we got on the Aquaball Network, who was five started as just a basketball podcast, period. We, from the beginning, we don't do it as much now because, you know, our situation calls for us to mainly talk more about the NBA. But when we started, it was about talking about the NBA, about overseas, about programs, whatever, anything, basketball. And then obligations, wanted obligations to the network that's kind of pushed us mainly to the NBA space because, you know, working with Chris LeBron and the great dude that he is, you know, we want to do everything that we can for the network too. So, you know, we really focus on the NBA a lot more because that's the space that we felt like we could really help contribute to the network. But summer series and summer stuff we do on our own is like, all right, this is summertime. This is a way for us to build other content because in the end, that's what it's all going to go back to. We're going to always do our basketball stories and NBA stuff. But you, you will see, especially coming up this year and, uh, especially this year, we're going to get more into it this year, but the, the content that we go, are going to create are going to be way past just the basketball stuff that we do and hosting the Hoopers pod that we drop you know, a couple times a week. And, you know, when we used to do the lives, it's, it's going to be about really telling the stories. I personally, like I said, we got into this, some of the stuff I've always been into documentaries and that's what a lot of these stories is about. Documentaries are background stories. So, I always like hearing about the backgrounds of people, and that's what we kind of did. We tried to touch people in different areas. Will from Jersey, Ken from Canada, you from Alabama and Florida, Kev out in Cali, uh, Chris LeBron in New York, Mo from wherever Mo is from. <laughs> Mo everywhere, bro. Yeah. I, I thought Mo lived in Florida for like the longest, bro. You know, he told me he told me he in Texas. I'm like, hey, bro. But it's cool to hear people's story and what got them into doing what they're doing, especially people who, like, I want to talk to everybody that I respected last year and learn more about why they're doing what they're doing because we're all helping each other out in some type of way. You've been on our show countless times, and now here we are on your show. Uh, we've been, we've worked with Will on other times, and then he's come on our show and everything like that. So, if there's a way that we could make our content cool while also sharing somebody else's story, I think that's what it's all about. So, that, that was what was cool about the summer series. We were going to do a part two. I'm not going to lie, stuff kind of got hectic this summer. We did a little moving around and stuff like that that kind of, you know, messed with our time a little bit. So we kind of running out of time for one now. But what we saw in the summer series last year is really just the beginning of what we can do uh, in this space. No, that's what's up. I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll be real. At least from my perspective, bro, it, it was a it was a success. You know, what I mean, y'all, like you say, you know, you got people from like different regions. You know, y'all y'all diving into their backstory of you know them finding that passion for the game and everything. I think that's dope because I mean, I don't think we really see a lot of that. You know, especially like you know in the media as far as you know in the content game. So I mean, I definitely applaud y'all for that. So I mean, look, I mean, whenever y'all whenever y'all decide to do a a part two, you know, I mean, y'all 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 already know that you know I'm gonna be here ready for y'all. Pause and then, and then of course you know the. I mean I'm sure, I'm sure the rest of the world will be as well. But you know one of my last questions you know before before we wrap it up is you know like y'all been doing this Hoopers Pod thing for about you know at least four to five years now. So like what is the long term goal for this pod moving forward? Right. Long term goal? I'm not even gonna lie. I <laughs> that's a good question, but I'm not even gonna how, how I think and how I operate. 
like long term i have no idea what the goal is for but i know in the next six months like pressure saying we just want to elevate the content for real. like we try to work in six month intervals just so we know that. that's what the focus is like this six months how can we how can this six months be better than the last six months but like say we're gonna try but how we want you know we want to take our time with it so it can be right so we might not get a summer series volume two this year but it will definitely be one in the you know in the near I know for a fact I get that in the near future there will be a summer series volume two, maybe not this summer because like I say we want to do it where it's gonna be right, for, you know, right for the people, exactly. right for the public. But we just want to keep growing, honestly. Like right. well, like we just want to keep growing. I guess that's the best way I can put it for real. Right. And I, I would say honestly, the Hoopers pod is was just the beginning of putting us back in the space that we always was rightfully should have been in. Um and really just kind of putting us out there and in, in to the world as you know content creators basketball influencers um and just people in the space of the as draymond calls the new media i think uh you know the, the overall goal for me with the hoopers like you said is just to continue to grow it in every space because it's going to be more content to come but outside of the content being the hoopers and people knowing us as the hoopers have also opened up you know, there's other opportunities that we want to do as far as, you know, contributing to basketball, at least for me in the neighborhood. I've always been real big. One of my main goals is in the next couple of years of trying to open a gym and I want to be able to open up. We always had these runs like we do on Wednesdays, but we want to be able to open that up to other people, have other days of runs and camps. And I just want everything to lead into opportunities for us to give other people opportunities sure. in the long run in the basketball space coming with, AU programs, basketball tournaments, basketball events on top of the content that we're not going to stop doing the Hoopers Pod show. Uh, we're going to have an actual, the Hoopers Pod is, you know, a pod, but we're going to have an actual show that we're working on, the basketball show. I don't think we told nobody that for real, but uh, we've been working on it for, I'm real particular about it. Like I said, I do the editing and stuff like that, so I'm real particular on, like, stuff being structured. I don't, I don't want to just put anything out there, and when it comes out, I want you to be able to tell you know that it took some time but we do have an nba show that i, I believe is going to be ready to go this year um and so just keeping diving into that space so it's really just beginning of where the hoopers could go where the hoopers pod could go uh but i just hope we continue to get platforms to talk on bigger platforms whether it's podcast radio maybe you see us on tv but you know as long as people like what we're talking about you know we're gonna keep talking Right, you know, that's definitely what matters, man. Definitely sharing the wealth, man. I mean, honestly, I'll be real, bro. I think I think y'all could take over the Atlanta area as far as with y'all pop. Man. I mean, I mean, it seemed like y'all already got the relationships. You know, y'all go to the OTE to go hoop and everything. You know, y'all y'all have connected with so many people. So I mean, I, I could see it possibly happen. That's just my opinion. But you know I me, mean? I mean, but you know, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up this uh this episode real quick. But I wanted to ask y'all just one last question. I think this is kind of fun. You know, I kind of want to see y'all's reaction to this. Um, so. Like so, so this question is non-basketball related. So, if you had to choose, like, just one artist to listen to, who would it be? Would it be Currency or Larry June? Ooh, bro, it's all right. Go ahead, because I already know how I want to. Nowadays, I'm not gonna lie. I listen to Larry June more than anybody because I can listen to Larry June in any type of situation. If I'm having a good day, if I'm having a bad day, and I need to have a good day, (laughs) if I'm about to go to work and I need some motivation, I've been eating a lot of crap, so I want to get healthier. (laughs) But I would have never found Larry June if it wasn't for currency. So my choice is going to be currency. Currency is the foundation of everything. Spit of the one. 
he's mm. a, he's the foundation of everything I listen to, uh, whether it's rappers or even the old school music that I dive into. It, a lot of it is influenced by Spitter. So shout out to Spitter. Uh, that's, yeah. a tough, that's a tough one. I'm not gonna lie. Like I remember, it, it like you had to convince people to listen to Currency. Like everybody's a Currency fan now. But bro, just I'm like, telling you, bro. Like growing up, bro, I had like I, I feel like, like I was the only one that listened to Currency. Bro. Gotta, like, <laughs> it's crazy. You gotta fight friends about it because they don't understand why you listen to them. But I, I don't know. I probably have to go Currency because I don't know. It's something about. Like I get what he means about Larry Jones because I definitely feel the same way when yeah. listening to it. Like he puts me in a better mindset, regardless, like of how I'm feeling. But it's something about currency how I can go from uh high quality four as far as like the feel and the vibe of the song to it can go to a 10, but it's like it's not out of control, right. even though it's some of that New Orleans bounce behind it. And it's right. like I don't know, it just makes the day better listening to either one of them. I'm not gonna lie. No, that's honestly i'll be real like i mean i've been listening to currency for a minute now and i'll, I'll say this so i feel like i feel like his music definitely has evolved you know as time as time went on honestly because i mean uh-huh. i feel like i feel like you know i mean because like you see you know i didn't really know a lot of people that did listen to currency but it was like mm-hmm. whenever whenever i try to put them on or whenever they probably played like maybe one or two songs it was always it's like whack. they be acting like it's whack, exactly bro. or or they would say, "Oh man, he's just he's just a wee rapper." And I'm like, "Yo, like, yeah. are you, you listening to the content, bro?" Currency, y'all became best friends automatically. It's y'all. because currency has been the foundation of a lot of stuff I've listened to. Because even when Wayne started going off on his own, and we was listening to the dedication to like currency was there for young for the when it was Young Money. He's the first Young Money member with Lil Wayne. So I remember listening to that, and then. That's even what pushed me to listen to him when he's doing his own thing. I hadn't heard nothing from him in a minute. I see him on his car. I'm like, wait, that's that's Spitter. I'm like, all right, I'm going to check this out. Just, I didn't even know what he was talking about, what he was on. But just knowing that when Wayne started doing his own thing, that's what we was listening to a lot when Currency started doing his own thing, especially at that time, too, because the music was getting kind of weird. And we in Atlanta, man. I don't know that's how the music I don't know how to be seen and everybody else, but like our local artists are bigger than some people's national artists. So sometimes the music that is here will take over. And it was terrible at one point. It was like all this, the futuristic swag stuff. I mean, that was some people's style. It was never my style. You know what I mean? So finding that music kind of helped me make that next step also from being a teenager into being an adult. That is well, right? Because yeah. it's like, this is yeah. what I'm on. This is the type of stuff I like. Opposed to you know Atlanta is a different place. You can get sucked up in the culture here, even if it's you know not a thing that you want to do because it's it's just there. It's that's what it is. Currency help even it out, and it definitely has got to a point where people are like, dang, y'all listen to currency. We don't know about this. It's boring. Or everything sound the same. To yeah, everybody's listening to currency. You know, he's getting his respects a lot. He got a he got a song or two that everybody likes. Like, that's a fact. That is definitely one thing. As long as I can play Spiller, you can play them around the females, you're good. Because, you know, oh God, if right. females approve of you, as long as it ain't no scared of girls' music, you're good. <laughs> and that's the thing, though. It's like, I feel I, I feel like his music would be cool with the ladies. Like, you know, especially if y'all having, like, a kickback or whatever. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's why I'll, I'll be under, I'll, I'll be understanding the hate that people or that people used to have. I think I think a lot of people starting to really come around with them now. But I feel like, especially back maybe a decade ago, it was like, yeah, it was still kind of weird. Oh yeah, you like they they didn't they didn't understand it, especially like I said, we was coming out of the crunk era, the futuristic era. To now, you got this land of rappers that's just 
they just laid back and they just chilling and he's talking about what he had for breakfast. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't understand this? it, but we always listen to stuff differently here because I can remember being in the seventh grade, sixth grade, eighth grade. This is 2002, 2003, and everybody in Atlanta is listening to T.I. and which I mean, we listen to that too. But we was listening to the diplomats. We was looking like we like y'all listen to camera and all them high y'all. No, that's not like me, bro. Like I, I swear to God, like you know me, me be raised in the South, bro. Like you, you would bro, think I was from New York, bro. People did not understand us listening to the diplomats. Like I remember being in, not getting into high school until I found somebody else that listened to right. the, the diplomats. And that was one person, <laughs> so it, it was always different here. So I'm gonna be real, wrong. like. I feel like I feel like I feel like the set really ran us out for a minute, though. I mean, from, it did because they, they were putting certain ties here. They had they definitely had their pocket because even think about this. We heard this that because Ti is on Joel for now. Mm-hmm. Um, they were working with Jeezy at the same time. Cam was on Never Scared with Bone Crusher, so they were like here. So, but people it's on Birdman album too. I think people forget about that. Yeah, so they were here, but people didn't completely understand it. But when the set dropped, we were diplomats here. We we had the eagle. We were the set for sure. (laughs) I mean, let's not forget, bro. I mean, Wayne started dressing up like him too at one point. Like, yeah, what? Especially when Wayne and Jewels was like the Wayne was the hottest thing out. It was like, can't feel my face. Wayne and Jewels was everything. Sort of. Exactly. That that was definitely a good foundation. I definitely man. Shout out to the chef. Shout out to the set for sure. But all right, y'all, man. We're gonna we gonna go ahead and wrap this thing up, bro. My guys, Hoopers, man. I appreciate y'all coming on, man. I know it's late, you know, where y'all at, bro, but I definitely appreciate y'all time, man. So just just tell the people, you know, where where they can find y'all. Hold on, before you do that, I wanna say I ain't never said this before, but I want y'all to really pay attention. I know people said it, but nobody was saying hoopers casually before we started. I just want to throw that out there. Go back and look at y'all basketball conversation. Nobody was calling anybody a hooper. Not but. for real. Not like you see it now. It definitely it has become a trend. So uh, definitely appreciate you for having us on, Nick. Uh, you know, we anytime you need us for anything, we got you. And I already know this is going to be one of the double shows out there. You want to know. I appreciate that, man. You this stuff. But, you know, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Do your Googles. Go to search Google. Search Hoover's Pod. Be on Twitter at Hoover's Pod. Uh, follow, like I said, on Instagram, 411 Private Run. If you want to see us hoop, I got a, a, a secret TikTok with all my hoop, hoop videos on it. I don't tell people what it is. You just got to find it. It's a secret TikTok with all my hoop videos. Uh, but yeah, do your Googles. Find us anywhere. Uh, podcasts are available. Shout out to Nick. Definitely look forward to seeing what you do with this show and everything that you do, period. Can't wait till you come to Atlanta. Um, Appreciate you coming soon, man. It's happening soon, man. Yeah. But now, but now, I mean, once again, appreciate y'all for having for coming on. Um, as far as for the show, as, as for me, follow me on X at Nick Andre ATR. Follow the show at Love with TGB Ball. Appreciate all the support. Appreciate all the reviews. And until next time, y'all, deuces. Peace. Peace.